Good evening, everyone. This is Tyler Wellner here on the Sixers GM Podcast. I am joined tonight by Josh Mosco, as usual. And tonight we have two special guests, Colton Roloff, who has joined us once before and is a big Houston Rockets fan. And then Dylan Weinberger, who unfortunately, um, well, actually, I do have the pleasure of saying that he is a New York Knicks fan. So um, how's everyone mm-hmm. doing tonight? Not too shabby. Good, you know, good. We're, uh, yeah, you know, just running back, you know. Yeah, this, uh, is, um, <laughs> this is actually for transparency purposes. This is take two. We got about five minutes into our analysis before we realized it wasn't recording. So um, to get back, right back into it, Colton, can you tell us about what you think has been the catalyst for the Houston Rockets' um, incredible start to the season so far that places them number one in, you know, almost every single power rankings pull out there? Uh. Well, just recapping that again, I think um, I think with Draymond Green getting hurt in that first game and being the Warriors is good. Um, but also some of the roster moves have been pretty good. I was, as a Houston guy, I was really worried about them losing Ariza. I mean, I kind of love that guy, but um, not Ariza, excuse me, uh, Beverly. But uh, the, uh, the addition of P.J. Tucker and stuff, especially when they play him at center, they look like they're a lot better defensively. We're going to see how it works out when Paul gets on the floor and all that kind of stuff. But I think we played some two weaker teams in the West for game two and three in the, in the Kings and the Mavericks. So when the regular season starts rolling, we'll see how sustainable this roster all is. But I, I'm excited, but I'm tepidly excited about it. But it's definitely – it's definitely a team that I think you can have a lot more confidence in than previous iterations of this team. So I do appreciate Maury's moves, and I think I think this is going to be an exciting year. So what do you know about yeah. the um, P.J. Tucker pickup? I've heard in the past that he's been called like the LeBron stopper, and he seems to be sort of like a, you know, a guy who's going to be a playoff pickup for this team. Like, I don't know how many points he's going to provide in the games or whatnot because I don't I don't watch the games I don't have a you know in-depth knowledge of the Rockets but is he going to provide stats or is he more of a role player guy can you talk more about how his role fits on that team well he's a big boy yeah they they look really good when he plays center defensively which has always been their problem um, is he traditionally a you... power forward or is he like a three guard yeah I don't know. That stuff is so hard to say now. I'm not really sure yeah, what he was before. Yeah, I guess more like a power forward. Okay. But when they play, when they're playing, when they're playing with him at center, they look really good. And obviously, uh, they're they're you know going to experiment a lot with this roster over the course of the year to try to figure out, especially when Paul's in, what their best lineups are because they got a lot of options now that they didn't have before. But um, I think it's all really going to come down to you know, Harden and Paul's health, like everything else, and then how well they get along down the stretch, which is still an open question. So, um, But they look good, and beating the Warriors is always great, but it's a little out of control in Rockets land right now. Um, so most of my Rockets friends, I've been more of like, hey, guys, let me calm down a sec. <laughs> Three games. <laughs> let's not let's – not, uh, let, we haven't won the West yet. So, but. And, but, you know, and this is also the guy who's like, oh, yeah, Astros are gonna lose, you know. So <laughs> I, I, I appreciate his humbleness and, um, but you know, hey, and humility, right? But yeah, I, I think the Rockets are like they're the real deal. You know, they have a good coach, they have a strong front office, 
actually, like I said, T.J. Tucker's a big boy. Couldn't compel it or baby Shaq. They have him. You know, so they, like, they still have a lot of good pieces. Trevor Reza, they have a lot of good pieces to work around. Um, you know, they have a solid core, honestly. They're not relying on just two, three guys, but rather they have a pretty bona fide starting lineup, right? Of course, they lost a lot of depth with that Chris Paul trade. He had two superstars, right? And in previous discussions between Colton and I, I've learned that James Harden works better off the ball. And so now with Chris Paul handling the ball up the courts, I can only see how that could benefit Harden, right? Uh, of course, he loves working the ball and you know, working the offense, but I think that they could play a big one-two punch and challenge the Spurs and maybe even run away with it with all the Spurs aging and health issues. Uh, definitely. And in addition to the talent that they have on the court, they've taken um, – they've put a priority on decisions – made by the coaching staff and how they're going to play basketball. And I think they're leading the league in NBA three-point attempts again this season. And they've really embraced the new culture that takes place during basketball games, where it's less of throw it into the post and grind down baskets, but we're going to chuck up threes. We're going to play the odds. We know what percentages we're going to hit and where we're going to hit them from. And we're going to take that shot if it's open. And um, they're definitely getting their attempts up, and it's worked so far. Mm-hmm. For even though it's only the first two weeks, they've been very impressive. And even I think Chris Paul might have only had four points the first or second game. So it seems like things can only go up. Um, I think so. Yeah, I I definitely agree with that. And and also like I said on the first take, <laughs> but you know I mean they, like in the division they have the Grizzlies, they have the Mavericks, and who's the last team I'm I'm forgetting in that division? I would act. Uh, it is. Uh, is it the Thunder? Oh, it's uh, it's the Pelicans. Okay. I mean, you know, yeah, so, like, it, it really is kind of a two-horse race over there. I, at least I see the Grizzlies. I mean, of course, they're there as well. But Gasol and Conley, you know, they're going older, right? And the pieces around them aren't as strong as the Rockets. Yeah, they lost Zach Randolph, too, in the offseason, which is a big loss. Lost, yeah, exactly. Tony Allen, right? So, I mean, in, in general, the West is, is getting stronger as well, you know, as you know. But that division hasn't really seen a lot of growth aside from the Rockets, right? And the Spurs, you know, they lost out on Chris Paul. You know, if you guys remember that he was thinking about about his future destinations. And Pelicans, of course, have Davis and Cousins, but who else, right? A lot of the growth has been happening in the Northwest Division, right? I mean, where I think every single team there had a pretty big acquisition or, you know, or some change, as well as the Pacific, too. Um, The Timberwolves will be making noise. The Thunder, obviously. The Trailblazers, I I only see Lillard and McCullum aging well like fine cheese right or fine <laughs> so i mean you know like once again i mean i see the rockets making some noise at least top three um maybe even challenging the warriors for the number one spot call me bold i like it i like it so um to transition from the top of the west to the bottom of the east dylan as we said yeah. on the last take right this is right about when we got cut off but do the Knicks have any hope? What are some of the bright spots you found on the team so far, hope. or is it is it lost? Nothing's lost yet, Tyler. I mean, I obviously look. I mean, I have optimism. He says that now. <laughs> right? You know, I could be optimistic. Hope. Listen, you know, I think that their front office is in a little bit more is in a little bit more stable place that they were last year. Um, you know, I, I think what last year. They're just coming off of the new coach change. Phil Jackson was still falling asleep during practice. <laughs> tryouts. Uh, what, what else? You know, Carmelo was there. So they are starting new, right? They do have a stronger front office now. Jeff Hornacek, look, I mean, I'm not the biggest Jeff fan. 
But I think overall, the new GM coming in or the new team president coming in, uh, Porzingis being the star now and being the leader of that team, the new rookie point guard, I think that they do have a lot of good pieces around them. And uh, me and Colton, or Colton and I, we went to the preseason Rockets Knicks game. Thanks, Tyler Weinberger, shout out. And, uh, yeah, so we, we got to see an inside look, of course, at the Rockets and the Knicks, uh, where I, I got to become a big fan of Clint Capella and his baby Shackness, but also Michael Beasley on the Knicks. I, I think that he'll be the veteran that we need. Uh, he's, he's a pretty reliable shooter, and he's a scorer, right? And I like him. I like Kyle Quinn. Of course, Porzingis is the star. I think Courtney Lee is also a solid role player as well. I, I like their pieces. I think that it, for us to make some noise, it's probably a piece or two away from actually doing that. Um, kind of to, you know, to add on to that, the Raptors, look, they, they still have the two stars. While I don't think they'll make noise in the East, they'll at least make noise in the division and challenge the Celtics, especially with Gordon Hayward out. But alternatively, right, I mean, you have the Nets, who lost Jeremy Lin, and you have the Sixers, who are all very young. The Knicks have a couple years now, right, of uh, veterans who have been in the playoffs, who have been in the league, have been in all-star games, have had that exposure. I think that they'll be a better team. Obviously, maybe make a playoff hunt, but they need to make a trade. Perhaps Eric Bledsoe, time will tell. I, the one player I don't think you mentioned that I, I really do like is Willie Hernan Gomez, who I think oh, is, yeah. was drafted by this. The rights to him were drafted by the Sixers. Then somehow he ended up on the Knicks, probably in some <laughs> sort of deal. Josh, do you do you remember that at all? Yeah, man, draft night last year. It was he was number, <laughs> number second round? Yeah, I think it was the 58th pick. 58th pick in the second for, round. For two, how did he I end believe up on we traded him for two. I think we traded him for two future seconds because we had five seconds that year. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, so he he's another young player that um definitely has a lot of potential. Um, yeah, he's solid. And yeah, you know he he's a big body too, especially with with jo- with uh Joaquin Noah, you know just being old, overpaid, and injured. And, I mean, I, I love the guy, you know, fellow New York guy as well. But, you know, I can't rely on him. So, hopefully, Willie gets those minutes. I know he didn't even play last game. And, um, you know, him and Kyle Quinn come out up. I, yeah, you know, they, they definitely have the bodies, right? But I'm, I don't think that they have the playmaker right now. Yeah, I, I, so think, they're, I think they're in a yeah. similar position to the Sixers. And, like, the, the Sixers, I, I've thought, have looked – great in the first couple of games but there's going to be growing pains and all on paper like you see the names of ben simmons and uh, joel Embiid, and for the knicks it's Kristaps Porzingis and frank nitalinka and all the other guys in the knicks you, the potential is there but they just don't have the ability to close out games and deal with these guys who have been in the league for several years so i think they'll be competitive and they'll do better than people have expected especially since they've cut out everyone that's toxic in the organization um it's a fresh Mm -hmm. start kind of like how the sixers did several years back um but it is kind of ironic how you know the nba has how the landscape has changed like if you think back several years um carmel anthony came from the nuggets to the knicks and you know, that was a transcendent player who was supposed to take the Knicks to the NBA Finals, and the expectation is for him to be a Hall of Famer and lead them to a championship. But here mm-hmm. they are again, kind of starting, you know, back to the beginning. So even if you do have that player, it's not going to work out. And it kind of almost seems like you have to start by my takeaway from that trade because they traded so many pieces to get him. 
is that, you know, unless you're a big market who, you know, has a superstar already, you have to start by building the draft because there's just not enough assets sometimes to mm-hmm. trade for those big name players. Like unless LeBron James lands in your lap, you're not going to be able to attract those free agents. You have to start off with somebody who's maybe charismatic enough, like Joel Embiid to recruit free agents or just transcendent <laughs> players Put a like game Anthony Davis to, you know, build that franchise from the ground up. So, you know, in my opinion, the Knicks are on the rise. They've realized, hey, we can't, there's no shortcuts here. We tried doing that last year with Derrick Rose, who is a, you know, washed up talent at this point. And, um, you know, getting other big name players that are well past their prime, like Joe Kim Noah, but they've seemed to have taken a step back and looking, taking a look at the long run. And um, the future is bright. Um, although it may be a ways away. Yeah. It and seems you know, just like, to respond to that, Tyler, I'll go seems, ahead. Yeah, Bye. it seems like teams, when they realize that there are no more shortcuts, that's when it's exciting as a fan. Otherwise, you are stuck in that mediocrity that us Sixers fans were, were in for so long. And I think that's why we have fans that are down at the Wizards game, game chanting, trust the process louder than the Wizards fans are cheering. It's because like the fan base has waited their turn and they realize the organization has gone about it the right way. And it's not feigned enthusiasm. It's legitimate talent that's on the roster. And it is a good time to be a Knicks fan because there were so many years when you had Carmelo and you had all these other players and everybody knew that the Knicks weren't going to make the finals. But before the preseason, it's like, hey, is this the year? And everybody knew it wasn't the year, but it's kind of it, it leads you on in a sense. Yeah, yeah. I have a follow up question on that. Do you think the ownership group at the Knicks is going to be able to like hold basically like for lack of a word, not blow their load on this. I mean, to actually like not go crazy. This and try James to Dolan, I think, is the worst somebody. owner in the NBA. Yeah, I know. That's the thing. It's like I understand where they're at now, and I and I agree with almost everything everyone has said about the Knicks right now. But like, it's the discipline. Like, do the does the franchise have the discipline to like see this out? Or are they gonna Are they gonna blow all their young assets to try to get somebody again? Like that's mm-hmm. kind of the unproven thing, right? I mean, if I was a Knicks fan, that's what I would be scared about. Is like, you guys haven't had a change at the top, like the real top. You're still having this guy who like basically hunts out fame and like guys who were good in the '90s. I mean, I, I just he's he's like little Donald Trump Jr. running around out there. I mean, I don't really know, <laughs> you know. Like, oh my God! Yeah, James. I, I would feel really James nervous. Dolan. The whole Charles Oakley incident last year was not pretty. Uh, I'll give you that much. And, I mean, yeah, Dolan, I'm not a Dolan fan, obviously. I don't think that he swore to players. I, but it's, it's, it's funny, Colton. I mean, you mentioned kind of seeing out their vision or seeing young players grow, and I think that they're trying to yeah, support that message by drafting Frank Natalinka, whatever his last name is. Uh, I don't know. I, I, I think that... You know, it's in that organization, it's a whole conflict of or it's a whole mesh of conflicting ideas and, and ways that the organization wants to go, especially when Phil was in office and all of the budding heads that him and Dolan did. Let's see if this new guy, the new president and Dolan work better together. But I think that at least that they're supporting the message of, hey, like, you know, let's rebuild our core. We have young players like Ron Baker and Frank and Willie Herman Gomez and Porzingis, who's younger than I am, right? And, you know, and let's see what, where this goes. And, of course, they may, they may not be as exciting as the Sixers, uh, you know, especially with those big threes, Fultz, Simmons, and Embiid. But, you know what, I mean, 
they have promise. Um, a lot of it will, will have to be patience as well. I, but as a, as a New Yorker, you know, who has no patience for traffic on the streets, you know, these fans don't have patience either. You know, they want to win now. So that's why I could see them making a move for a veteran. Definitely. And Eric Bledsoe type of some sort, maybe a Marcus Gasol in free agency, uh, you know, to expedite that process and get them on the map sooner rather than later. Yeah. Quick side note, Ron Baker has to be one of my favorite players just because I feel like if I were to somehow maximize like my genetic potential and just dedicated my life to basketball, maybe it was like five You'd inches taller, I would have gone to Wichita State and been him. So, yeah. <laughs> That, that's interesting, but you know what? I wholeheartedly agree. He he's he's so funny. He started off in the uh, excuse me the um, G League affiliate, or at that time it was the Development League, but now it's the G League. And yes, yeah, so he started off with the Westchester Knicks. He's worked his way up, man. You know, I, know. I don't think he's a point guard. I think he, I think he'd be better as a forward, honestly. Uh, just a scrappy forward who can shoot, kind of like a Ronaldo Bachman, who. To get traded in that Carmelo trade, and I thought we were talking about this before. Yeah, in that original Melo trade, the Nuggets traded Melo to the Knicks. Denver got Wilson Chandler, Raymond Felton, Gallinari, two first-round picks, the Warriors' second-round pick, the Warriors' another second-round pick in a different year, and and uh, the Knicks also got Chauncey Billups, Sheldon Williams, Anthony Carter, and Ronaldo Bachman. It seemed like. The Knicks got a, a pile of shit, and Melo turned out to be, you know, a, a, a flaming hot bag of shit at the end. And in turn, they, they gave up solid role players. Not saying that they're any studs, but Gallinari is pretty good. Skeleton still get, gets minutes on the Clippers. I forgot what team he's on now. And Chandler, and plus all those picks. So if we're going to say, hey, was it worth it? I don't know. Hindsight is twenty twenty vision, man, but... It seems that the Knicks gave up a lot of their future and are just kind of recovering now like the Brooklyn Nets. You know what I'm saying? So, Colton, going off your point, it's time for the Knicks to solidify their future, hold their picks, and try to get – try to maybe trade some of their, um, their role players, not their picks, for some veteran role-making talent or maybe signing in free agency. Yeah, well, I think there is hope that they don't have to trade all of their players. If if the right deal presents itself, we've kind of seen that with Paul George and Carmelo Anthony going to the Oklahoma City Thunder this offseason. It's like, wow, how mm-hmm. how did they get those players for so little? It's you know, there's there's a lot of talks behind closed doors, I'm sure, and um, oh yeah, a lot of negotiations and game theory. So you know, they they might get lucky and and pull somebody if if the right opportunity presents itself. So. Um, going into yeah. our last team, um, the Philadelphia 76ers, who are 0-3 right now. Um, Josh, is there anything you've seen? And I think we did a recap after the first game and posted our, our thoughts on the first podcast. Um, with regard to the second and third game, you know, even though we've played some of the best teams these so far, and the Raptors and Wizards, um, is there any um, you know other insights that you that you've seen from the last couple of games? We we, I personally didn't think Dario had a great first game. Um, have you seen improvements from him? What about Embiid? Um, do you think Ben Simmons is legit and this is going to sustain? What are your thoughts? Um, <clears throat> that's a good question. So I think my first bit of insight is that uh, Embiid's hair looked a lot better before he sort of just let it fly out. Um, and I, I definitely like the cornrows <laughs> more. So um, 
I, I would say that that was a good decision because he needed some change, but um, hopefully he goes back to the corners once he finds his group. Um, <laughs> second thing is, um, yeah, I, I think I think Simmons is a very solid player. I don't think his numbers are that surprising. Uh, I think it's about what I expected him to do. And in fact, it's about what I expected the team to do. Um, I mean, 0-3, yeah, sure. Everyone's like, oh, the process is over. They're going to tank another year. But keeping in mind that all three games um, – well, actually, I shouldn't say all three games. Uh, first game was pretty close. Second game was pretty close. Third game fell apart. Um, but that was also about Embiid. So I think given, um, you know, that most of uh, – probably about half of this lineup – you know, hadn't played a game or maybe more than five games for the Sixers in their career, and that Okafor was the second longest tenured uh, player on the team, that they're starting to find a rhythm, they're starting to play together, and I would give it a significant, um, I'd give it significantly more time before I really judge whether or not they are at or, uh, you know, past expectations. Yeah, so what's the deal with Okafor now? I mean, like, has he is he kind of out? Is he is he not part of the process? Is he going to be kicked out of the frat? Like, you know, what's his deal now? Is he? You he may he may very well be the last man on the roster. Um, it's kind of funny whenever ESPN does their every year they do the NBA draft preview and like they do the draft net analysis and when they go to the team and you know what sort of player they're looking for. They do the top five projected starters on the roster or whatever. And they're like, okay, we think this guy's going to be at the number one position, two, three, four, five. Here are their best players. And for like the last two years, they've had Okafor as one of the star stud players on the roster. And I'm like, have you guys watched any of the games and known what's going on? Okafor really doesn't have a spot on this team right now. He's probably the fourth center on the roster, I think, in my opinion, he's behind Embiid, Amir Johnson, Rashawn Holmes when he gets fully healthy, and then it's Okafor. Um, so I think the team is hoping that he pulls it together, and if he gets a chance to get some minutes, he'll make the most of those opportunities and prove himself. But, you know, right now, I think the coaching staff is kind he's of... He's never played with a point guard. He's never played with a point guard. He's completely undervalued. And I think that give him 30 games, and his value from barely being a second-round pick to being a late first-round pick would not surprise me. Well, I don't think his issues um, you know, really stem from the offense. I think his issues are that he's unplayable because he's a black hole on defense. And Maybe, that... or maybe he just didn't give a shit. And maybe he does now. Because clearly if someone's going to change their diet and change their um, body that much, they do care. So I think he has potential. I think he realizes at this point that Sort of like you're saying, this is a very critical year for him, especially as, you know, the Sixers have other healthy options until, you know, Amir Johnson or Embiid or Rashawn, you know, go down in their first uh, first game together. But um, I think he had a he has a tremendous amount of talent and that it is underappreciated because of the storyline. Yeah, I, I, I agree with you in that I think he does give a shit and he wants to be a, a great player in the NBA, but... I think the skill level isn't there. I think his feet are too slow. I think if we look at this with a clear lens and, and for 
yeah, I think on offense he's able to use his body and his his leverage and weight to maneuver around and do quick spin moves. But on defense, he can't move his feet fast enough or close out or stay with guards. And in the NBA, with the way they space the ball, um, you know, he kind of gets lost and his awareness isn't too great. So I, I disagree with the idea that defense is all effort. And I think there is skill in being a good defender, but most of it is effort. Right, but if we right. take away the fact that he won a national championship at Duke and was the number one overall player in the country. You know, okay. outside of a great rookie season, I think he's another Michael Carter Williams all he over have, again. He didn't have a okay. First of all, he didn't have a great rookie season. He was injured for something like I think he had like know, eighteen points a game. So. No, I think it was less than that. But he also, like to that point, didn't play with a point guard. He played with Ish for part of the season and Cannon for most of the season. His second year, he came in last year and had T.J. McConnell as his point guard. Which yes, you could say. Maybe there's a spot at the end of the bench uh, on a good team for TJ McConnell, but that's not a point guard. He's played one game this season and had 10 points and six boards. Give him like a chance to actually show what he can do with someone spacing the floor, see what he can do with Simmons, see what he can do with Covington or Redick, once again, spacing the court. And I, I am all about Okafor, uh, you know, maybe not being a starter ever in the NBA, but still having some value that I wouldn't give up. I would, I would way sooner give him a roster spot than Nick Stauskas. Okay, I agree with that. I would give him a, a spot over Nick Stauskas. But um, just one point, he did have 17.5 his rookie year. He played 53 okay. games, so he was injured for a significant amount. And my final point right. before we move on from it is that Embiid doesn't need a point guard. Like, I think if you're – I'm not saying he's a transcendent player, and I don't think you're saying that he's a transcendent player either. But, you know, good players in the NBA like Rashawn Holmes Embiid? didn't need a point guard. And he's not a transcendent player. Embiid doesn't need a point guard. Like these guys have already proven to us that they have a spot in the NBA and are skilled players. But um, you know, his stats have gone down from 17 and a half points per game to 11.8 points per game to 10 points per game, and that's probably because of his usage and the way that the the coaching staff has viewed him. So yeah, I I, I do hope for the or, best of or him. Or because there were three other centers. There were three. Like every year, there was progressively more. There were progressively. Uh, more options. I don't know what the English language would uh, you know say about that, but there there were progressively there were there were more and more um, lineups that they could play that were big. And so yes, now he might be the fourth center on this team, but that doesn't mean that that's you know that he's getting worse, which is why he's you know averaging fewer points. It could be very well that he's getting fewer minutes than he is. If you look at his minutes, they're also going down. Yeah, well, I think he would be getting fewer I... minutes because his talent as shown in practices and his ability to stay healthy isn't that of the other players that are ahead of him. So it's kind of, you know, a cyclical effect. But Dylan, what were you going to say? Or Josh? Yeah, to your other point, Embiid not needing a center doesn't mean that Okafor does. You mean point guard? Excuse me. Embiid as a center does not need a point guard isn't necessarily a good thing. I'm not saying it's a bad thing. But I'm saying it's more that it's not a knock against Okafor. And what I mean by that is Okafor is a traditional big man in that he can, uh, you know, body someone up, can sort of back in, has great footwork around the basket, but needs to be set up, uh, you know, generally in the low post or relatively close to the basket. And Bede, because of his 10-foot um, pump fake and because of his ability to shoot and his ability to you know, and, and just being more athletic overall and being, you know, having longer strides is able to space the court out more and as a result uh, is less likely 
or, you know, needs a, a point guard less. So my point is that uh, while Embiid, you know, does have this outside ability, which might make him not as uh, dependent on a point guard, give Okafor the chance to play with two good point guards, you know, and a couple, uh, a couple, uh, wings and see what happens because once you space the court he might you know be in single coverage where it's his rookie year and part of his sophomore year he was getting doubled all the time hey can you repeat that last sentence again yes uh so Embiid not needing a center and not needing a point guard excuse me um doesn't necessarily mean that Okafor doesn't. And obviously, in my opinion, it means that, you know, I think he does. And therefore, um, I think there's potential for Okafor to uh, be in single coverage when, you know, the Sixers have better spacing on offense. Yeah, definitely. definitely. I just remember, I just remember Okafor, freshman, uh, freshman year of the NBA, getting into a fight in the streets of Boston. And from then... My my perception of him is that he's a bad boy. So, my, and I think he's a very talented player. You know, to agree with you, Josh. However, I, I, you know, I don't think they need him, right? You know, if they have three, four centers right now, I, I think that maybe it's not worth the behavioral risk. Maybe they could get something right because he is a young, a good young talent. Maybe they could get. Wait, a what do you mean him, the behavioral right? risk? He he had one thing when he was 19 years old. He had two two incidents when he was 19 years old where. You know, some guy was talking shit on him, and he, he pushed him. And he had another incident where he was speeding. And and to to say that that's going to affect his you know career in the NBA, in my opinion, is a bit of a stretch. Well, not his career in the NBA, but I'm just saying, like, look, if they already have enough sensors, and he might not fit their plans in terms of their offensive and defensive strategy, right? And you know, he's yeah. kind of just the odd man out. Like, you know, I, I think that he has enough talent and enough potential to warrant a trade for him for a pick or something. Right, right, yeah, no, I, I agree. I totally agree. I think that they can play him up this season and see whatever they get for him at the deadline and see if they can flip him. Yeah, yeah, and as long as he doesn't interfere, with, and, and it doesn't seem like he will, right? You know, it, it seems like the Sixers have their core, especially with Redick and Covington. They have a, a good five-man lineup if they really want to. Of course, when things come together and once, you know, once the young guys get their bearings, I have faith in them. I think that they will finish better than the Knicks, um, yeah, and, you know, it's it's really hard to say. I mean, you know, how else everything will pan out in the East in terms of if they will make the playoffs or not. I hope they do. You know, I'm rooting for them. I think Philly's a beautiful city, and uh, we'll see how it goes, man. Uh, Tyler, you know, kind of segueing, do you want to, you know, end off the podcast with some predictions, you know, for the rest yeah, of the season? absolutely. We can do, um, let's do Rookie of the Year, regular season MVP, and... Um, We'll go with NBA champion and uh, player you're most excited about on your team for this season. Cool. Okay. Yeah, so I'll, I'll just go first. So I think rookie of the year is going to be um, Ben Simmons. I think he's going to you know, have about a double-double every game. I think Lonzo Ball could surpass him. Um if he plays like he did in his second game where he almost put up a triple double and um, had unbelievable, had an unbelievable game, but I do think it's going to be Ben Simmons. And then um, the regular season MVP, I think it's going to be Giannis Antetokounmpo. 
Um, I think he's been off to a torrid start and is just going to carry the Bucks to like the number two or three seed in the East. Um, I think the East is wide open right now, and they've been extremely impressive, and he's he's a machine. And then I would say my NBA champion this year is going to be the Oklahoma City Thunder. Wow. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> I mean, like, like, look, like, that's going to be, like, so much of a surprise because, you know, they do have three NBA superstars. But, I mean, like, on the first year, that would be impressive if they could do that. They have the big three, but, hey, like, you know, they're – they're like five years past, uh, you know, yeah. having a big three to, to win a championship. You know what I'm saying? Everyone has kind of jumped on my bandwagon. I think that they'll be in at least the semifinals in the West. But, I, look, I, I would love Melo to get his ring, although he's an asshole. Uh, Throwback to, to 2007, I went to a Knicks Nuggets game when he was on the Nuggets, and he signed my jersey, yeah? But he only signed CA, and he had the – the nastiest look on his face, like, you know, he couldn't give a two shits about making a young boy's day by signing a jersey. And, you know, I'm not that big of a fan for him, even though he went to Syracuse, my alma mater, go orange. But, uh, yeah, Tyler, I, I hope the Thunder do well. Um, I don't know if I can see them. And I think, uh, I think yeah. they're a playoff-built team, and when I look at their matchup against the Warriors, I think they're, they're starting five matches up actually very well and i think they have the advantage in in several positions um when it comes down to can if you think if you think about can i beat my man and outplay my man the entire game i think they have a good shot and they're one sprained ankle away from it being a cakewalk so it'll be interesting yeah, yeah. and then um, it'll be just, interesting that's for sure just to wrap wrap up my predictions the player that i'm most interested um and seeing how they do this year is um, probably Lonzo Ball. I've been a huge fan of his since he was at UCLA, and with all the hype around him and his dad, I want to see how he performs. I wanted the Sixers to draft him number one overall, and uh, Kyle Kuzma is another teammate of his who they drafted this year, and I'm, I'm really excited about those two guys and see how the Lakers perform. Yeah, and out of the Pac-10, Kuzma's pretty good. Uh, and, and I know that you do have the Lonzo Ball jersey. Yes, so I do. Hopefully you can make good use of that. <laughs> Maybe wear it to work over you, over your button down one day. Definitely. All right. To get mine over over the way. So what are we doing? Rookie of the year. Wow. Uh, so many good rookies, right? You know, okay. Um, I do think I do think it's going to be Lonzo. Um, I know a lot of it is around hype. And I do think that he'll he'll be the leader. Uh, that they need on that team. Something that D'Angelo Russell couldn't do. Uh, I think Ben Simmons is going to be good as well. He's probably the more complete player. Um, but Lonzo might put up Michael Carbillion numbers that warrant an NBA Rookie of the Year. And, of course, Simmons is on a very young team. The Lakers are on a young team as well, but they do have a little more coaching and player experience around them than maybe the 76ers don't do. And I think he's going to have an impact and play a larger part in the game. Um, my MVP, I'm going to agree with you, Tyler. I think it's going to be Giannis. He's been doing really well. Um, I also think that I, right on my top three MVP voting, I think LeBron's going to be up there, obviously. But I think Porzingis could be up there as well if the Knicks make some noise and make the playoffs. That's a big caveat. That probably won't even happen, but who knows. Um, my NBA hope, champion. will be an all-star. He will be an all-star. Be I know. I, yeah, I, I, I think he will. It's just, you know, I know that nowadays that those making the votes 
for MVP and whatnot. They want to see uh, how the player can impact the overall game and, and not only put the best stats, but also to help their team. And, you know, if he doesn't have the team around him uh, or if he's not able to, to increase the win shares or increase the number of wins that the Knicks have, I don't know how much leverage you'll have in the voting. But, hey, he definitely will be an all-star. My championship vote is going to go to the – wow. I think, you know, Kenya, I'm going to go – let's go to Cleveland Cavaliers. I, I do love him. LeBron used to be my favorite player. I think he still is my favorite player. And when Isaiah Thomas comes back, once they figure out all their nicks and nooks and Edison Crafties, I think that they're going to rock it. Uh, they really do have a complete team, especially thanks to that Boston Celtics trade. Crowder – Thomas now. I, I could. I do have a big guy on the Cavs being a much much improved version from last year. I was reading something yeah. that said they were like plus twelve or something in the finals with LeBron on the court, and they were like minus fifteen without yeah. him on the court. And when exactly. LeBron was off the court, they would push the ball and instead of slowing it down and being smart with it and having a leader like D Wade on the team if he can stay healthy, probably keep those guys in check and be that veteran presence. So keep going on what you were saying. Sorry to interrupt, but wanted to interject there. Oh hey. No, no problem. I, I interrupted you with my, my little caveat on, um, on Carmelo Anthony, so no worries. But yeah, you know, I, I'm, I got to root for the Cavaliers. I know like, that they lost in the Magic last time by 16, 20 points, whatever, and everyone freaks the hell out. But, you know, at the end of the day, it seems like their older front office turmoil is kind of subsiding now. I think that they're going to figure it out. Dwayne Wade's going to the bench there. is going to be coming into the starter role. Isaiah Thomas back from injury. I think they'll figure it out. I think they'll be back to their, their championship ways, or at least in the finals. I can, I can say that pretty confidently. A win would be nice. Uh, what was the last one? The rookie of the year, the championship at MVP, and the play I'm, I'm most excited to watch. Honestly, hmm. I, I'll go with a Nick on this one. You know, let's go with, um, yeah, you know, let's go with Porzingis once again. Uh, Porzingis and Giannis, you know, those two emerging stars, who I think could be potential MVP candidates, uh, both in the East. You know, there's still some star power in the East that they go to show. And, you know, they'll be entertaining, both putting up 30 points per game. The rest of their team not doing very much. But, um, but you know, between Knicks and their revival and the Bucks and their emergence, I do agree with you, Tyler. Maybe top three, especially when Jabari Parker comes back, although he was a blue devil, I don't like him very much. I, I think that they're going to be a really good team. They're exciting to watch. And, yeah, so either those two I like to see. Awesome, awesome. Colton, you want to go next? Yeah, uh, I'll start with Rookie of the Year, and this might just be because where I live, but I think it's Dennis Smith Jr. I just think that he's going to get a lot of time on that team. He's, he, I mean, they have nobody else. He's going to get a lot of minutes. Dallas media is going to hype him up like crazy. The West always seems to get more attention with this kind of stuff, and I do think there's – I would agree. I would almost say Lonzo, but I think there's kind of a big anti-Lonzo, and sentiment out there I'm not sure how much it's really going to matter but I do I do worry about him because of his dad and like him being lumped in with that and all that stuff so um, if I had to put money on it I would probably say Dennis Smith Jr. Um, I do agree MVP it looks like uh, yeah it's got to be it's got to be honest I mean he looks like a god among men out there sometimes and like He's probably my most excited player to watch this year, too. I mean, the guy looks amazing, and especially because he's going to be beating up on the East all year, he's going to look so good out there. He's not going to have 
games where he looks just terrible, like some of the players in the West are going to have just because of the competition and, and the in and out, how deep the West is. So I would probably say it's his to lose at this point, especially if LeBron doesn't play a lot of games. Uh, he might rest a lot this season, and people are just tired of him, I think. They want to give it to somebody else. They'll take any reason to. Uh, and then as far as the championship goes, I, as much as I hate to say it, I think it's still the Warriors to lose at this point. We'll see how the Thunder go. I do agree that I think in the playoffs with you, Tyler, they're ideally matched up for them. But I think it's going to be a long season for the OKC, um, especially considering um, Melo's age. So we'll see how much, how many it gets and how well they manage that. Um, but, yeah, for the most part, I think it's going to be a great season, though. I'm really looking forward to it because so much has changed. I mean, this is like we had the same NBA season for three seasons in a row pretty much, and now it's now we've got a lot of new moving pieces and a new exciting teams and teams that have changed a lot. The Cavs are different. Uh, the Rockets, obviously, are I'm excited about. The West looks more winnable uh, for teams that aren't the Warriors. So, uh, I, uh, yeah, it's going to be great. And that's because, you know, the NBA is fixed. And, you know, once they saw, oh, yeah, you know, it's going to be kind of predictable. On season four of the NBA, they got to switch it up a little bit to make it a little interesting. <laughs> exactly. But, I mean, if you think about all the moves that have happened this offseason, like teams have changed a lot. And so uh, yeah. I think it's going to be a good season uh, all around. And I really think, like, this is going to be a this is going to be a season that, like, if you're a betting guy, this is going to be a high-variant season for a lot of teams. So, uh, we'll, uh, we'll see, though. We'll see. Josh, do you want to finish up with yours? Yeah, yeah, I know we're running a little long, so I'll be quick. But uh, rookie of the year, Ben Simmons, uh, league MVP, Russell Westbrook with LeBron coming in second. Uh NBA champion, easily the Warriors. There's no team that's even close to them right now. Um, was there anything else I missed? Uh, player most excited player. about? Most excited about Embiid. I think he'll play about half the season, but I still can't believe he's playing any games and he is a freak. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm hyped <laughs> about him too. It's it's surreal when him and Ben Simmons are on the court. There was a quote that Ben Simmons said after the first game and said, it was like playing NBA 2K, so <laughs> kind of funny. <laughs> so with that being said, this has been the Sixers GM Podcast. We thank Colton and Dylan for coming on the show today, and maybe we'll have them on again in the future. And as usual, this has been the Sixers GM Podcast. Thanks for listening in, guys, and we'll see you next time. Mm-hmm.